Well, good morning, beautiful people of God. It is so good to see y'all this morning. My name is John Weaver. If, uh, if we've never met, I am the uh, director and campus minister for your Wesley Foundation. The Wesley of Middle Tennessee is a uh, United Methodist sponsored campus ministry. We are part of this church. Um, we have lots of students that uh, come here, that participate, and and also youth that graduate from here are part of our ministry. And um, I just get the pleasure of getting to every day get to be with these college students in such a wonderful space and time. I um, I am also connected to this church because obviously, for some most of you know that my family attends here when I'm not preaching or on a mission trip or something else. This is where we are. And for those of you who've worked in FC Kids, you've had the we'll call it pleasure of guiding my children um, through their faith journey. Um, my children are Bramblet and Huck. Huck's the seven-year-old. And there's just really great things that happen in the back seat of my truck every single day because of Huck and Bramblet. And this week, I, with May coming up, I, I kind of like delivered them, you know, one of those epic dad jokes of like, Hey, do you know that April showers bring Mayflowers? You know what Mayflowers bring? And they said, no. And I said, Mayflowers bring pilgrims. You know the joke. Well, not wanting to be outdone, Huck looks at me and says, Dad, do you know what pilgrims bring? And I said, no. And he said, big hats. <laughs> You're correct, son. You are correct. So I'm, I'm really excited to be here with you this morning. Um, this is such a, a wonderful season. Um, this is, a, it, the finals have started on MTSU's campus and the surrounding campuses that we help serve. Um, so I have either students who are completely done or students who are the most anxious they've ever been in their lives. And both those things are happening. And there's a lot of wonderful things happening. In the next, actually a week from today, I will be out, as of right now, I will be on a plane going to Guatemala, to Shayla, Guatemala, with uh, a team of 12 students that we're going to do. We're going to build stoves and people's homes. We're going to do vacation Bible school for kids. We're going to be building a soccer field for these kids and playing and having a great time. And so I appreciate your prayers. But today, I get the honor and pleasure of, of being with you and um, kind of taking the space of for, from Trey as you know, Trey and Abby are, are two, Elle and I are two of our greatest friends, um, and we do life together. Our kids are going to be in a talent show together. It's a great thing. Um, but I'm so thankful that Trey and Abby got to have this time. Just so you know, through like the generosity of folks within this church, um, they were able to go to a retreat, and I know they're joining us online. Hey, guys. Um, that they, they were able to go to Colorado and have some time together as a, a couple because it, as you should imagine, this has been an interesting and difficult season uh, for these last couple of years. And I'm so thankful for the generosity that has allowed Trey and Abby to have this time to, 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 con to kind of continue to reconnect as husband and wives need to do for them to be able to have time to pray and work and also just take a time to take a breath. So I am happy that I get to be in this space today. But weeks ago, and uh, when Trey said, hey, I would love for you to come and preach on this. And here's the series that we're doing. He just said, hey, we're going to do a series about dominoes. And I said, well, I've got several opinions about pizza, so I'll, I'll be glad to join in on this. And he said, no, what, 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 he, what he ended up talking about was that, that essentially this idea, this is the series that we're in, is that Easter has, has happened, and it 
is kind of still happening all the time. And that because of Easter, we can recognize that we are going to have an opportunity to take part in the domino effect. It's just essentially where one little thing tips over and then it goes to the next and the next. And we can build and help transform and change this world through Jesus Christ because of Easter. And that it just takes one little thing. And that's part of one of the things from last week that I took away that wasn't just that God calls us to the big things, but even the little things have this lasting effect. But if I was to have like a, maybe a, a one like sentence um, notion from last week, it's this. That I, this is what I heard from Trey last week, is that Easter is an invitation to an unstoppable movement of moments led by Christ in our lives. That's, that's what I heard sitting over here last week, is that Easter is this invitation to just an unstoppable movement of moments which are led by Christ. But I don't know about you, but Easter was like a couple of weeks ago, and I actually, this is like a, this is one of my like Easter shirts, you know? I, I want to try to still live into it. And Trey has those wonderful like white Easter shoes. Well, like these are my Easter shoes. They're, they're running shoes because in the Easter story, everybody's running. There are women going to the tomb. They're running to find other people. The the, I love it because multiple times John likes to remind everybody and that, that disciple likes to remind everybody that he outran everybody to the tomb and then they run to go find each other and there are people moving to Emmaus and there's people running to the upper room again. There's a lot of movement. Easter shoes are running shoes. And that's also, I think, maybe the way life happens with us. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm always running. I'm going from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. So one of the things I think is healthy and helpful for me to do is, is to be able to sometimes stop and to reflect and to think about all that God has done and all that God is doing. We have this practice in our house, and uh, it's actually the boys brought it into our house, that every, uh, every night when we sat down, and maybe sometimes it's, um, it's while we're eating a burger on a ball field or whether it's around our table, we have this practice that we got from Cedar Crest Camp. It's a United Methodist camp that we have that our kids go to and are part of. And it's this practice called high lows and buffaloes. You should try it this week. It's a lot of fun with your family, especially with your kids. It's just every day, what was your high? What was your low? And what's your buffalo? Now, a buffalo is something that was unexpected, like, you know, seeing a buffalo. Your high, low, and buffalo. We do this every day, and it has become one of my absolute favorite practices with my kids because we get to hear about their day in a very beautiful way. So I, and, and I know that last week seems like maybe a long time ago when you're running that fast and that hard. And I, I even would tell you that I think probably two weeks ago at Easter seems like so long ago that we've been running so in this moment, we're going we're gonna to stop our running and we're going to reflect. And as you know, if you've ever seen or heard me preach before, I'm a college minister and we do this a little differently. You are here to participate, okay? So I want you to turn to your neighbor, and if you don't have a neighbor, make one this morning. We can do that. But turn to your neighbor and just very quickly offer from this last week, what are your high, low, and buffalo? What is a high point in your week, a low point in your week, and a buffalo, something you didn't expect in your week? 
All right? Turn to your neighbor and go. I hope everybody got just a, at least a second. Uh, and if you're online, to uh, line, if you're online, please offer us your hollows and buffaloes. But I hope everybody got at least a second or two to maybe share something. If you didn't get to share everything, let's be a good neighbor afterwards and give everybody a space and a time to be able to do that. Um, I would tell you quickly, like my high for the week is that there were a, there were some celebrations that happened this week with uh, people that I love in my life. Um, there were some celebrations where people were recognized as for their great work, especially the great work that Christ has called them to. Um, Ella had a thing this week where they were, she was recognized for her work. And one of my great coworkers and staff members had some, like a lifetime of work basically recognized. And we were also at Wesley, we had our worship this week where we recognize our graduates and we celebrate them. And it was such a great space. It was a high for me that we had one student who is, um, is a student who lives in Scotland who has been part of our small groups and worship with us online. Um, and she's graduating. And that was a fun to get to hear her story about how, um, how Christ had been working in her life. I had a, another student who just talked about that, that, that because of this time in college and this Christian community, that his faith was actually real now. It wasn't just going through the motions or being a cultural Christian. And then another student who we kind of marked that, um, that this student had went through difficult church trauma and had kind of renounced their faith and that through their time in college and through Christian community had come back to Christ and now also has a calling and is currently serving as a local pastor at a church here in Murfreesboro. All, all great highs for me to recognize these things. But my low actually came actually yesterday. It wasn't yesterday afternoon. It wasn't anything remarkable of a low, but it was something felt low. And we just had a busy week, right? Like our family with, with sports and games and, um, uh, and all these celebrations and this movements, it just kind of took its hold. And I found myself yesterday afternoon just feeling completely exhausted. And then that exhaustion led to me being incredibly irritable and from there, it caused me to be short and frustrated. And then the inevitable question happened, what are we going to do for dinner? 
there's that simple question drives Ella and I both nuts. And then through that, I just, I just felt irritable and I felt raw and real. And it was an incredibly kind of low moment and it was nothing special. My, 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 my beloved St. Louis Cardinals lost yesterday, but that wasn't it. I don't, it was just something that was there. And it was so, felt so hard for me last night is that when I sat down and I, I really reshaped my entire sermon because I think sometimes rough Saturdays can lead to real Sundays. So I'm gonna be real with y'all. That I began to think about when we talked about the domino effect, I had a whole other sermon. The other sermon was gonna talk about Mexican trained dominoes, the game. If you've ever played that, it's basically you put dominoes down and you can connect to other people and you build this beautiful thing. That was gonna be a great sermon, y'all. If I do say so myself. It was gonna be a great sermon because it was about the power of the connection to Christ and the connection to the other and the, thing, the beautiful things that we can build as the domino effect. It was good, Tony. And if anybody wants that sermon, I'll meet you in the parking lot. We can go for it. But my, my loads led to my buffalo. My buffalo for this week is that the domino effect Though Trey led, led us in such a great way of reminding us the domino effect of good and a force and a momentum of little things causing major ripples and change, my buffalo is the, the realization that domino effect can be a spiral of destruction. From one small detail, deed or deception, terrible things can happen. This is where we get real in this space. I will tell you that happens to me a lot. I am a traditionally very joyful and semi-patient, loving person. But it's easy for something to go wrong and for me to have a domino effect It seems like it's gonna keep going. And that one domino falls and the next one, and I'm trying to stop the dominoes, I'm trying to, to stop the spiral and the chain of negative emotions and woundedness and pride and everything else and I just find myself straining over each domino that falls. I, I, this was hit me so hard last night, I just began to rewrite the sermon. I'm thankful that our sermon series this week is, is in the book of Colossians. And that here I was able to go back to the same scripture I was going to use and to hear it differently in the light of my confession. The context of the Colossians, it's important to always know context because as Ben Witherington III, a, a professor of trays, always likes to say that a context, a, a text with no context is just pretext for it saying whatever you want it to say. The context of the Colossians is Paul is writing this group of people and he's reflecting on the person and the work of Jesus Christ. He wants to make sure both the personhood and the work of Christ is understood clearly. He's also trying to highlight the supremacy of Christ over all things. There was a little bit of a, of a, a discord and some struggle for the Colossians about who, what is Jesus actually doing? What has he actually done? And, and is, Christ, is Christ all that we understand him to be? And Paul's saying the supremacy of Christ over all things. And that Paul also in this letter talks about that as we take on 
the lordship and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that we will have renewed living. And that last part is the part that got me, right? Because I began to think I spend a lot of my time trying to be formed like Christ. How is that taking shape? How can that help me stop the negative or the difficult dominoes when they fall? So it's with that context in place, I want to offer this section from Colossians. It's chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. If you've got your church center app, I believe it's in there. Shout out, Jonathan. If there's, if you've got your Bible, if you've got your phone, I would love for you to follow along. But may you hear now for the word of the Lord. He, meaning Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him, all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven by making peace through the blood of his cross. And you, who were once estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his fleshly body through death, so as to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before him, provided that you continue securely established and steadfast in the faith, without shifting from the hope promised by the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. I, Paul, became a servant of this gospel. May God bless the reading and the hearing of God's holy word. Will you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, I give you thanks for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I ask, oh God, that you once again create resurrection in us. Renew us and may your word get the final say. We pray this in the holy name of Christ our Lord. Amen. So in the, in the context of Paul's letter, um, Paul's got this incredible letter, but this, the context of this part is that this is kind of the, the centerpiece of the letter. This is the centerpiece of of this incredible letter where he offers a hymn of praise. This hymn of praise is Jesus's manifesto. This is who Jesus is, what Jesus is gonna do, that Jesus is the firstborn of all creation, the firstborn of the dead, and that through him, all things will be reconciled and renewed. It both kind of carries this connection and in this deeper look, 
we see that this deeper movement of Paul reminding us that not all things are okay. There's a little bit of a confession there. But also the context of this part is that Christ is God's agent of recreation. We'll say that again. That Christ is God's agent of recreation. That when we look at the things of our lives that are not okay, the things of our lives that are death, the things that of our lives that are woundedness and brokenness, when we look at these things and we ask for recreation, we happen to get that through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Can we, can, I know I need to more than ever name the places of death and woundedness and pain and that I have, we have an agent of resurrection and recreation. That when Jesus was resurrected, one of the first things that Jesus wanted to do was to show his wounds. To remind us that Christ knows about woundedness. And that resurrection happens beyond that. I think also a context to this part of this letter to Paul, from Paul to the Colossians, is that we are a part of this song. If this is a hymn of praise, we are part of this song, and Paul connects us and reminds us that our lives sing this hymn, the hymn that Jesus Christ is the firstborn of creation, that Jesus Christ is the firstborn of the dead, that Jesus Christ is in all things, reconciling all things, moving in all things, and that we partner with Christ to cause resurrection. It's here that our lives sing this incredible hymn that Paul is writing to this church so long ago. But there's a phrase in this that I love. When I, whenever I'm doing Bible study, I'm reading, I look at multiple translations because I believe the word of God works through all of these. And, and one of the translations that I, I love to read, it's from Eugene Peterson, who is a, uh, a great pastor, and it's called The Message. And there is this line from verse 18 where it talks about being the firstborn of the dead, about this resurrection. In The Message, I love the phrase that says that Jesus is leading the resurrection parade. I, I love that idea. That Jesus is leading the resurrection parade. To the reminder that we take part and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not just something that happened, but as Trey reminds us all the time, it is something that is happening all the time. We get to take part in the great parade and the witness of the fact that we get to take part in resurrection on a daily basis. The, my buffalo and the change of this sermon is around this one simple idea that difficult dominoes will fall. I don't want to bust anybody's bubble this morning. But the difficult dominoes will fall, but we will get to practice resurrection. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not that everything's going to be perfect all the time. The incredible image of our faith, the singular image of our faith, is the cross. A method of execution and pain and embarrassment and death, but it's an empty cross because there's resurrection. That's the gospel that I'm a servant to. When the bad happens, the hymn of Christ 
that Paul offers us here is reminds us that we can react differently. When the dominoes fall, we can begin to act differently. When the dominoes fall and things begin to break, we can be recreated. And when they fall, we can get up because Jesus Christ. The phrase that I love to offer is from Wendell Berry, a, a theologian and a farmer and a poet. Man, that's the job that I want. Wendell Berry says that we get to practice resurrection. We get to practice resurrection. Y'all, I have spent uh, so much of my life between my own uh, football life and career and my time as a basketball, I've spent a lot of time practicing things. And now I'm a dad of, a, of kids who like to play sports. And so I, I, we spend a lot of time practicing stuff. Now think about what does it look like to actually practice resurrection in your life? Because the difficult dominoes are gonna fall. How do we get to practice resurrection in that? Trey likes to sometimes tell you that when he tells sermon stories about his kids, they get a dollar. Um, I'm about to tell a story, and Ella, I probably owe Brandon like $5 for this one. But so I would tell you if you asked me from last fall, and that I would, if you ever asked me what is, and you've, met, you've heard me tell us before, but like what, what is the greatest single sports moment in my life? From last fall, I would tell you it's the last fall, Bramblet in his very last game last fall in, in extra innings with the game tied, hits a game-winning home run. And as he's rounding the bases and I could just see him working so hard and knowing how hard he's worked and how much time he put into it, getting to like meet him on the field and grab him beats anything I ever did in sports. It beats Anytime the Cardinals have won the World Series, it beats anything. It's my greatest moment until a couple of weeks ago. This year, as Brambo started baseball in the spring, he was practicing before games even started, and, and he had a ball that came in really fast and really hard, and it hit him in the chin. He literally took it on the chin. It hurt, it was difficult, but then what happened from that is it, it, it just, it introduced fear into a space where he had not had fear before. It shook his confidence and it was very difficult and we had to spend weeks and weeks working on him being able to catch a ball like we had done a thousand times and him to be able to hit a ball and to do things. It was really hard, I, it was super hard for us. But we worked and we worked and we worked and. For the first few games of this season, he wasn't able to get in the batter's box. And it's hard, y'all, when you see your nine-year-old kid have that kind of fear. But we kept it working, we kept encouraging, we kept practicing, we kept working. And a couple of weeks ago, we were, we were playing one of the best teams in the league. His first at bat came and he just couldn't do it. No matter how much encouraging, no matter everything, he couldn't do it. Then in his second at bat, I think the bases were loaded. At least there were two runners on the base. We were losing by four. 
and then it was his turn at bat. And in this league, the, if you don't go up to your space, it's an automatic out. The umpires were being gracious. The other team was being gracious, but they were, everybody just wanted him to get back up, to get in the box. And then all of a sudden he came out of the dugout and he had, he was, wearing, uh, he was wearing a padded shirt that we got him. He, he was wearing his armor. That'll preach. Then he began to walk out. And as he was walking out, there was a choir of fans from both sides, moms and daddies, and just people just cheering him name from both sides, cheering out his name. Bram Blit, Bram Blit. What does it look like to have a choir of angels singing your name? That'll preach. And then one of our assistant coaches on our team put his hand around Bramblett's shoulder and walked him up to the batter's box. Imagine what it's like to have someone in your life who'll put your hand on their shoulder and journey with you in the difficult stuff. That'll preach. And then when he got to the box, he just kind of barely got into it, but he stopped at the edge of it. And then all of a sudden, his community of teammates, his, his community began to chant, one more step, one more step, one more step. Isn't it great that you can have a church that might say that? That'll preach. The greatest moment of sports in my life is watching my son had been knocked down and been living in what felt like fear and failure and he got back in the box. Now, I, I wish this had some type of Disney ending where it was some type of heroics where he hits a hit and we win the game and all that happened. But when he struck out and when he turned and he smiled at me, I got to see resurrection. Resurrection didn't just happen, it happens all the time. My son embodied the words that he and I have been praying together, that in, in the Lord, we do not have a spirit of fear. Now, he's still been afraid at times. He's still struggled. There's been frustration, but he's still practicing resurrection. And when you have a bad day, you can practice resurrection. When the fear gets the best of you, you can practice the resurrection. When you feel like a failure and that things can't get any better, you, in the name of Jesus Christ, can practice resurrection. When you spiral because of anxiety and depression, you, in Christ, can practice resurrection. When you have grief, brokenness, and woundedness that feels like you can't take one more step, you can practice resurrection. When the difficult dominoes fall, in the name of Jesus Christ, let's practice resurrection. We now come to a place, a table, an invitation to see where God has made the invisible visible. We get to come and take part in the holy work 
of bringing our fears, our failures, our death and our woundedness, we bring it to this table. And it's here Christ establishes in us the grace to practice resurrection with him. I hope and pray that you come to this table like it's the first time, like it could be your last time. I pray that you come expecting to meet Jesus Christ in this. When you come in just a minute and when we offer this from the spaces that you are, know that these altars are open for you to come and bring the places to Christ that you need help to find resurrection. And that you come bring the dominoes. For many of us, we got these last week, the good dominoes that fall, but let's recognize that there are bad dominoes that also fall in our lives. And let's offer those to Christ. It was on the night that Jesus was betrayed. He took his disciples into the upper room and there they could have not, I don't think they could have even imagined just the incredible difficult dominoes that would fall over the next few days. That it was the domino of betrayal, the domino of arrest, the domino of denial, the domino of torture, the domino of carrying a cross, the domino of death. But those things led also to the domino of resurrection. It's there at the table, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Take, eat, and do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup from the table and after giving thanks, he said, this is the blood of my new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. And as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Because Christ came for all, all may come to Christ. This table does not belong to me, this church, the United Methodist Church. It only belongs to the one that can create it. This is the table of Jesus Christ. And Christ invites you, those who have difficult dominoes fall to come to this table to receive the grace of Jesus Christ and to be able to run and walk and move in the power of Christ and the power of resurrection. Will you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, I give you thanks and I celebrate that you in so many ways are continuing to move even when the bad dominoes fall. You, O oh God, have promised us that in the woundedness and the death and the grief and the anxiety that you are with us. I, I pray, O oh God, that you hear us and help us to be mindful about the sin, the brokenness, the separation that lives in our lives. But you, O oh God, May your voice always be louder than everything else when you proclaim that in the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we are resurrected. 
I pray, oh God, that your final word may always be the one that is upon our lips. So pour out your Holy Spirit upon these gifts. May the bread and the cup be for us the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. But in turn, oh God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon all of us gathered here that we may be the body of Christ, redeemed by your blood and sent into your world. I pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you haven't already, you can lift up and pull the tab to receive the body and the other tab to be able to get to the juice. May you receive this and know that Christ our Lord is moving and working in you. Also know that these altars are open as we sing together. May we come to the table of the Lord.